On this episode of the Macworld Podcast, it's all about your hot takes. We'll feature your comments from Macworld's social media feeds, we'll share what you wrote, and we'll offer our thoughts. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola here with Jason Cross. Hello. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. Before we jump into it, we have a word from our sponsor, Declutter. Upgrading your device soon? Declutter is the fast, easy, and totally free way to sell mobile phones, iPads, MacBooks, Apple Watches, and much more. Declutter pays up to 33% more than carriers, locks your valuation in for 28 days, and pays you quickly by PayPal or direct deposit. Visit declutter.com slash Macworld, that's D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R dot com slash Macworld, and use the code Macworld10 that's Macworld10 to get 10% extra for your trade in. That's declutter.com slash Macworld and use the code Macworld10 for an extra 10% with Declutter. Thanks to Declutter for sponsoring the Macworld podcast. This episode is all about your hot takes from the Macworld Twitter and Facebook feeds. You have thoughts on Apple news and articles we've written, and we're going to share and respond to what you wrote. So let's get started. A few weeks ago, Jason posted his thoughts on the changes in Safari and iOS 15, and since then, Apple has released another beta with yet even more changes. It seems like a good idea to take a look at the comments that people wrote. You ready, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at Jason111001 said... Wait, are you related, Jason? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jason cross double zero, <laughs> and it's completely unrelated. <laughs> you're, you're CR055, right? Is that, is that <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, on Twitter, he said that he actually likes the changes. So much easier, easier to use one-handed. At Gurgly Rosenyai said that he likes it. On a phone, most sites are open from links, not from typing. And swiping between tabs used to be a pain, but now it's a breeze. So, Jason, you should just stop whining. There's also no home button, and it's not a monochrome LCD. I don't know what he meant by the monochrome LCD. Bit. I guess uh, going, you know, just the advancement of technology. Yeah. <laughs> quit quit living in the dark ages. Change is good, I guess, is the, the idea. Well, speaking of change, at DBF Secret declared that Apple is so hard up to make changes that they now make changes just for changes' sake. Have they lost creativity? Steve Jobs, where are you? Apple is in serious need of a creativity boost, and Tim is not a tech guy. Oof. Listen, so, when, you, when, you, when you conjure up Steve, Steve Jobs, people are upset. <laughs> yeah, and and we, every time we they do that, we have to point out the myriad of products yes. where Steve Jobs, uh, under Steve Jobs' guidance, where uh, they were horribly Horrible. designed, and, or and the myriad of yeah. Tim Cook products that are fantastic. You know, yeah, it, it, that that just that old trope just doesn't hold. But the point is, uh, yeah, it's divisive at best. I think those comments both kind of answered each other in a way where one person saying it's change for change's sake, and the other person saying it's so much easier to use one handed. It's easier to swipe between tabs. Yeah, I think that was the goal. I think the goal was. If you're holding it in one hand, you can more easily manipulate. But I just don't. We talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. One, I, I don't think that that's the concern people think it is. 
I think more people swipe back and forth the, the, the back and forth functions of the browser, not changing tabs. Like it would make more sense to me if the swiping moved you back a page or mm-hmm. forward, you know, mm-hmm. which is what you normally want to do when you do that motion. Yeah. I f- that's I how like, Android does it. Yeah. I feel like that's more Chrome. common, um, a more common browser function anyway. And, uh, it is for me at least. And as for it being on the bottom for a one handed operation, kind of defeating your own argument there where you're like, it's, you're saying one, most people don't get to it by typing. They get to it by, <laughs> by links. And then you say, but it's easier to use one handed. Well, but then being at the top is, is just as easy to use one handed if you got there from a link. Yeah. And listen, if it's that big of a concern, buy a mini or buy an SE, like they make one handed phones. <laughs> I don't think anyone's buying an iPhone. You still have to. It's still Pro a stretch Max. to get up to the top, you know, especially with a smaller hand. Maybe, but I mean, I, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone's buying, buying a, a, a six six inch phone or a six point seven inch phone and saying, "Man, I really wish I could use this with one hand." I wish they would put the Safari address bar at the bottom. Like you, you, you adapt. This has been tried before. Was it Google or Firefox? I think it was Firefox who some old version of their mobile put the tab bar on the bottom for this very reason. And they ended up dropping it some versions later because they're just like, nobody knows what to do. It's not It's not at the bottom on any other device. Web browsers are everywhere and it's always on the top. Even in Apple's other platforms, it's at the top. On iPad, on Mac, everything else, it's, it's at the top. Yeah, you can always find people who like a certain, any given change, but there's, I think most people are not going to like it. Most people who are regular users who don't read about this stuff and everything, and they're just going to see iOS 15 update, and they're going to say, hit the button, and then they're going to go to a website, and they're going to be so confused. Yeah, and a lot of it is just simple intuition, like the address bar disappears if you scroll, and it's not really all that clear how to bring it back. and Or how to make it go away if it's blocking something. It blocks part of the website when it's there and you can tap below it or swipe down to get rid of it but it never tells you that or is clear and you're not used to that action i mean it's just it's it's very it's very strange it's just it's kind of an an undiscoverable change there's no what are we what are we really saving here 10 millimeters of 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 room like a, a a one line of text maybe like it's not like apple suddenly created all this room for web pages to flow yeah no i think it's more about not having to reach a thumb especially with a smaller hand i mean i have big hands i don't i, I do have to remind it. myself and that not everybody can reach but like you i can't do just use your other hand i mean uh, big iphones have been around long enough big phones forget iphones where we've adapted you know, we hold them differently. We grip them differently. That's ableist, Mike. <laughs> Not everybody has two hands they can use. Mike, when I'm driving, I have one hand on the wheel and one <laughs> hand on my phone. Right. So <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that was the reason. Tim Cook was going somewhere and he said, damn it, change this so I can use it while I drive. There's a million <laughs> good reasons to want one-handed operation. More more easy one-hand operation. Like from, uh, you know... Uh, I know Roman, who lives in the city still, like, you know, you're on a bus and you have to hold on to the, with one hand right. or, yeah. and you, or you, or you're holding your baby or you're just missing an arm or you have a, your arm in a sling or a trillion reasons why one hand operation is good. But if it also causes all these other problems, maybe you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, it's not a good overall change. I think it's going to be at least very contentious. People are going to be very confused. I would not be at all surprised if Apple backed out, but not before releasing it 
<laughs> and make yeah. everybody yeah, mad. It's definitely coming in iOS 15. Uh, it's just a matter. I mean, they, they keep tweaking it. They tweak it again with Beta 4. Um, we'll see where it ends up. But it's mm -hmm. de I think when we get it, the address bar will be at the bottom and things will be mostly the same. It, the things that they've tweaked so far are everyone was mad that it's like three or four taps to reload a page and all this other stuff. So now they're, they're putting more icons on there. And now not only is the bar at the bottom of the screen, but it's like eight or nine touch yeah. targets. Yeah. You know, you've got <laughs> left and right of the, you can tap left or right of the bar to, to move tabs. You can tap the address to bring up the address and search. You have the reload button which becomes a stop button. If you don't have stop, you have the, the tabs button. You have the, yeah, it's just, <sighs> yeah, it, it seems at this point, like very passive aggressive. <laughs> like I was like, bizarre. You know, you, you don't like it here. Take all your damn buttons. <laughs> <laughs> just, can you give me an option? Can you make this the yeah. default and just like, give me which a thing. Which they did on, on the so Mac. Far. They, they made it a, a checkbox or whatever it is, a toggle. Right. You still have the tabs like they look the same. They're the same boxes and all this. But you can put the tab bar back on a new right, line right where if was, you yeah. want. But it's still at the top. And you and, and it did. Did they change the reload button and stuff? That was hidden, too. And now it's is it back? Yes, the reload I, button is back. I'm not even. Did, did it disappear in beta one? Was it gone? It was under the more button again. Ah, okay. Right. So yeah, that's so, so that's definitely back. And, and you know, but you have so much more room. I'm not worried about all these touch targets and stuff on the Mac I'm, or one-handed operation or anything like that. You know, that's yeah, right. Not not an issue. And nor is it with the iPad. You know, this is strictly an iPhone thing. And we we talked about this before, but it, it's telling. I think that when they introduced all this stuff, they didn't introduce it for the iPhone. They introduced it for the I believe it was the, in the Mac section of WWDC keynote. And then they said, oh, by the way, it's also coming to the iPhone because they didn't. Yeah, they kind of had a little it. Safari breakout section during the Mac stuff. And they Safari barely really touched on the fact that, oh, my God, the iPhone is completely changing. <laughs> it really is. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of other changes like the tabs. When you open tabs, it's not that flip book of tabs. It's a grid. Right. And the that's grid's good. not. That, that's okay. The grid. Yeah, I like the layout, but the little close this tab button is yeah, yeah, yeah. It's impossible to tap, and you can swipe them away, but you swipe to the left to get them to go away, which is not the way it ever was. And you swipe everything else in a grid. You swipe it up to make it go away, like you're multitasking and stuff. Ugh, yeah, I, I, sometimes I just don't know. Apple does this every now and then. They introduce something new that everybody, all the users immediately recognize as problematic mm -hmm. and they just barrel forth with it for a few years like they, the butterfly keyboard and everything yeah, like everybody was just like this isn't better like why did you do this for a, a fraction of a millimeter of thickness like please please don't but then they do it <laughs> and then a few years later they undo it i know that's what this is going to be again ios 16 or 17 or something it's going to put the tab bar and the they'll, they'll, bar they'll introduce it as, as if there it's some big change and look what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah, they'll make it a little different and then they'll say it's the all new, greater, better than ever before thing. Yeah, the magic, the magic te uh, address bar. <laughs> yeah, they'll call it magic bar or something. <laughs> no, they'll reuse touch bar will be gone from Max and they'll reuse the name the way uh, they did MagSafe. I like that. That's good. They'll cut call it touch bar. <laughs> you know, in two years we're gonna go play back a clip of this <laughs> podcast of us predicting this when they do this we're gonna be like we called it two years ago 
Yeah, let me note that down. Just, just for yeah. mark sake. the date. Roman, are there any other uh, comments about Safari? There are some Facebook comments. Don Harness on Facebook said that the writer needs to haul his ass into the 22nd century. Phones work predominantly with thumbs. Placing the address bar at the bottom is such a simple yet game-changing idea. It's utter genius. Hmm. I don't know about utter genius. I mean, again, other browsers tried it and had to back out because everyone hated it. Yeah. Even if it works, I don't know if genius is the right word for moving the right. address bar to the bottom of the screen. It, it reminds me of the yeah. old Samsung commercial where they made fun of Apple's innovation for moving the headphone jack to the bottom. Right, right. <laughs> and we just started the 21st century, so. I know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would love to catch up to the 22nd century. <laughs> yeah. I would make so much money in the stock market. <laughs> Just looking at the stock market history. Ben Chapman on Facebook said that he had the same initial reaction, but after a week or so realized how much easier it is to navigate without having to move his hand and regrip the phone with his other hand to navigate Safari. The bottom placement puts all that in thumb's reach with ease. Ben Coates on Facebook said nothing was wrong with it the way it was, if you ask him. Yeah, it's one of those things that, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Like, I don't think anybody was complaining. Is there things to complain about? That ain't one of them. No one was saying, man, Safari's so hard to navigate. Yeah. And, you know, well, well it's going to be I, fun in, in September when it comes out. I, I do understand that the principle of, like, sometimes you have to look at something right. no one has a problem with and yeah, still try and make it. a better version. But but there's a lot of other issues, like, it's it, being at the bottom puts it right next to the actual, like, multitasking bar yeah, on Home on iPhones with no touch I, but home button, and you a- accidentally touch that sometimes, and that's that sends it sends you to another app, not not another tab, and yeah, it's the disappearing, reappearing, like you said, of the address bar, and so I think a lot of hardcore users, the kind of people who run the beta, are likely to feel a little differently about it than the mass public of a billion iPhone users. I'm sure we'll all get uh, calls from relatives and friends who are asking us, like, what is this and how do I fix it or how do I change it back? We'll see. We could all be very wrong. And in two or three years, Android and every other, all the other browsers, they all moved it to the bottom because Apple did it and everyone loves it. I mean, sure, that does happen sometimes. We'll see. I mean, there's still a couple betas for them to tweak it, probably three at least. Um, it doesn't look like they're progressing in any kind of a, of a, okay, now I understand type of way. We'll continue with the show in a moment. First, a word from our sponsor. Declutter is a fast, free, and environmentally friendly way to sell your mobile phone, iPad, Apple Watch, and much more. Visit declutter.com slash Macworld, that's D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R dot com slash Macworld, to get cash for your device and use the code Macworld10, that's Macworld10, to get 10% extra on your trade-in. Declutter. It's smart for you, smart for the planet. And now, back to the show. Well, just as people started to calm down from Jason's article, I posted my thoughts on the touch bar on the MacBook Pro. I tagged I tagged Roman on, in the Twitter post specifically so he would get torrents of, email, of uh, Twitter replies. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of yes. like the third rail of Mac discussions. Is... It's been rumored to go away in the next iteration of the MacBook Pro. I basically said I wouldn't miss it. Uh, a lot of people disagreed with me. At say Hanvis said, actually, once you get used to it, it's pretty cool and practical. Never once thought it useless since I started using it. At yes, yep, yeah, 
Yeah, said, I will miss it. I think removing it is a true mistake. At Who the Cat said, Congrats, moron. You talked him out of functionality and just for fun will pay the same price. Small minded tech bloggers couldn't adjust their workflow. Meanwhile, the rest of us are like, Hey, I use that. I hope they turn the whole keyboard into a touch bar. <laughs> that would be the worst. That was my yeah. favorite comment. The, yeah, whole, the whole keyboard into a touch bar was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no tactile feedback, changing keyboard that I have to look down at all the time yeah. to look at my placement. Brilliant. I love that. No. Listen, the, the touch bar could have been, like, uh, there are parts of it that I like. It's, it's kind of like the Safari thing where we've been using laptops a certain way for decades mm -hmm. and it's just it's too much of a change to get to get used to like my brain just never got used to it. i've been using a touch bar since 2016 yeah I can't, I can't i can't use it the way apple wants me to use it to me the problems are a little more profound in that um well first of all it doesn't come free it's a cost it's an oled bar and on the Intel Max, it has its own separate controller chip that's like its own application processor and stuff. It, yeah. it, and it's, and, it's and, not on the MacBook Air. You got to buy the more expensive Mac to get it. For a while there, when they were selling uh, MacBook Pro 13s without the touch bar, it was considerably cheaper. It was a couple hundred bucks cheaper without the touch bar. Even if it costs the same, it takes up all this space that would could be used for battery or whatever, or making the laptop smaller. Take your pick. But... My main concern with it is the keyboard deck is not meant to be looked at while you use your computer. The whole point of the touch bar is we're going to give you controls for the app you're in that can change based on what you're doing and everything. But you have an entire display right. with which to do that. And it show, it's basically redundant, as you're saying. It is. It's just saving you, again, it's, it's saving you a... A, a few pixels of screen space versus putting all those controls on the screen somewhere where you can just use your mouse to do it and then it's usable by everyone and it doesn't cost anyone any more money in hardware and you can keep looking at the screen while you use it and all this other stuff it's it's yeah, like i'm looking so i have safari right now and my mm -hmm. touch bar shows first of all two tabs which is just hilariously ridiculous because what am i supposed to do with that i can't <laughs> see what's in them right then there is next to that is a new tab button, which I would never even consider pressing unless I, I look down to see. And then there's like a, a, a the regular volume and brightness controls next to it. Like right. It's, it's, it's too, it's too, it adds too many steps for something that I could just do if the right. function. Everything you mentioned except the brightness controls are on your display. There. Yes. And, and on top of that, and I didn't put this in my article, that a lot of things that sh a lot of functions that show up in the touch bar can be done with key combinations that I do constantly. So, like for instance, like taking a screenshot, or like if whatever uh, writing app I'm using, if I want to do bold, you'll see a little B icon yeah. show up on the touch bar. But instead, I do Command B. Right. Yeah. So does everyone else, or you know, or not everyone, but a lot of people do. Yeah, and you can go out of your way and really customize things and end up putting things on the yeah. touch bar that aren't on the display and aren't easy to get to and stuff like that. But it's work. It's work that not a lot of people do and you're making everybody pay more money for your laptop or if you were going to have a laptop without the touch bar at the same price, which that person makes a good point. Yeah, Apple might do that. But it's still, it's taking up space. It's taking up production costs for Apple that they could spend elsewhere. You're making everybody pay for the doing these things that 
I think is really only useful for a relatively narrow the, group my, of people. My, my favorite use, two, two uses. One is the, I like the volume slider, but I would be fine tapping the, the button. Mm-hmm. And I like the emoji row, even though it's a pain because I got to like cycle through it when to find the one <laughs> that I want. But it, but it's cool when that pops up. I'm like, oh, I just tapped this one like recently used and stuff. Like, But I use that like yeah. maybe once a day on my Mac. Usually I'm on my iPhone doing text. So. I, I use this little app called Rocket. Shout out to Rocket, which lets you do emojis the way you do in Slack. You do a, a colon, and oh, okay. then you start typing something, and it searches, and it, it auto-completes yep. emoji, oh, and cool. then you do another colon, yeah, that's, that's and it just does that throughout the throughout the OS. It's awesome. Just get Rocket, and then now you now now you're not pick, swiping and s- clicking through things and all this other stuff. It's like free, but there's a five dollar upgrade, and it's totally worth it. This this episode of the Macro Podcast is not sponsored by Rocket. Not sponsored by Rocket. That's a totally <laughs> unsolicited shout out to one of my favorite little utilities. There are times, like if I'm watching a full screen video and the touch bar is a scrub bar. That's cool. Sure. But, you know. God, the, How often well does that happen? Yeah. All the headache for these narrow windows of opportunity. For me, I get it. I get that some people use it all the time. I, I can't imagine it's faster or easier than keeping your eyes on the screen and clicking interface elements on the screen. Yeah, I'm with you, Roman. I'm not sorry to see it go. I might get more use out of it if... So there are rumors that the new MacBook Pro may not have a MacBook Pro logo anymore on the screen, uh, on the bottom of the screen. So if the touch bar was there instead of on top of the keyboard, I might find it more useful because that's where my eyes are. Uh, but then again, I'd have to take my hands off the keyboard. But then it's just on a screen and then you have to add a touch element to the screen and it's all. Then why not make a touch screen? Imagine like the only, only like the bottom, like only like the bottom 15 millimeters <laughs> were, were, were touched. In. <laughs> yeah. Well, that kind of brings me to one comment that Jerry O'Neill on Facebook says that he wants a touch screen MacBook. Uh, I think all of us would like to see that, like what it would be. I don't know if it would be a MacBook I don't know if it would be an iPad or something in between. Um, I mean, the closest thing we have is the iPad Pro, and there's a lot of problems there. Like, I would like Apple to really rethink a laptop-style touchscreen device and, you know, to see what the OS Mm -hmm. looks like, what the apps look like, what the navigation looks like, and all of that. Yeah, I mean, I think certainly there's already a path for dipping your toe into it in that the Apple Silicon Macs can run a good chunk of the iPhone and iPad apps. Mm -hmm. And then you have Project Catalyst where they're using the same frameworks and everything for developers. So developers can easily make touch-enabled apps. And then you don't have to make the whole OS a touch OS, but you could say, hey, developers want to make a touch-sensitive app, can do this. Or if you run an iPhone or iPad app, you can just use touch like you would on an iPhone or iPad. And that could be the starting point Mm -hmm. as Apple slowly works touch into the core of the OS navigation and yeah I'd, I'd love that i'd pay for that i'd use yeah. that more than the app but then the touch bar and it's weird that that's one of those things that we'd never hear a rumor about ever uh, that apple no a touch mac never in fact it's one of those things that app one of those rumors that apple will continually say no we are not doing yeah. that but there's never anything like german never says like or uh, mark german of bloomberg never says like oh you know apple's experimenting with blah blah never like we just don't hear no. it so either they're very very quiet about it or they just aren't doing it a few other comments from our readers 
because we need to have a Steve Jobs reference, uh, Alfonso Martin Ludemaker on Facebook said that the touch bar was an experiment that had no sense whatsoever. Customers wanted a touchscreen, so Apple engineers thought, let's give them a bit of that. Total nonsense. I don't think Steve Jobs would have approved of it. <laughs> see, see earlier was, in the show. He was all fine <laughs> until he just said, yeah. Steve Jobs never would have done this. Look at yeah. the brilliant round mouth he made. I, here's a, uh, will, we, will we be talking about Tim Cook in these terms at some point, like 20 years from now, when there's a new CEO making all new mistakes? <laughs> Tim Cook would have never approved that. <laughs> at TJ is online said that he likes the touch bar after begrudgingly buying it with a MacBook Pro. Using it doesn't distract my focus like with Microsoft's Office ribbon. Maybe the author's touch bar experience would have been better if not for using a Mac Pro years ago. I wanted to uh, specifically point out that comment because it he actually read my article. <laughs> not just the headline. Thank you, TJ is online for reading. <laughs> yes. One person read it. We know one person read it. At Avincade NL said the biggest issue is probably a lack of tactile feedback. A regular F1 key you can press blind. A touch bar one you can't. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's definitely something to that. Like you have to look at it. You can't. There's no muscle memory that's going to know. Yeah, like you know where those buttons are. And to kind of wrap this up, at Bob from CT said to me, the touch bar was awkward to use. I already don't like the oversized trackpad. I'm always having to repeatedly click one side or the other just to get the get clicking on a screen object to work. With the touch bar, I now have to arch my hand over the keyboard just to use it, and it's a pain. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say the trackpad's too big. Yeah, that's an yeah, that's an interesting, and and the whole <laughs> clicking on one side or the other. I wonder if some some setting is is wonky on his machine. Yeah, I, yeah, or I just wonder machine. if there's a touchpad setting there to make it easier for him because I never have to click anywhere else to mm-hmm. click. I have we, tap to click turned on actually because I I I'm, I have a very light fingers on the touchpad, so I just like to like tap the touchpad to click and not have to press down on it. So I actually make it even more sensitive. I wish the whole area below the keyboard was just one giant rectangular trackpad. If they could do that with good palm rejection and make that work, that would be pretty cool. So I thought we'd finish up this episode with a newsy topic. Apple recently revealed that is disabling several different Siri interactions in iOS 15. For example, you won't be able to hail a ride through Uber or Lyft using Siri. At Opinions Like Bleep said, Siri actually does something? Since when? It's literally the worst digital assistant on the market. Apple should just remove it and the overhead it consumes on its products and chalk it up to another failed venture like Apple Maps and their failed advertising platform. Okay, well, wow. I, I'm, I'm with you on, on, on iAd. I don't think Maps is a failed project at all. It was for a long time. Well, it was wonky, but it, it always, you know, we, we, we could see where it was going, no pun intended. <laughs> I hard disagree. It sent people in the lakes. It had all kinds of image problems. But there, it needs. It's a good subject to bring up because I think um, Siri needs exactly what Apple Maps got, which is like a, a Apple Maps. They just basically said like our entire approach is wrong. We need to bring it, and and they took all their multiple data sources and brought them all in house and said we're going to control all our own data and all this other stuff. Siri's already all in in house, but maybe they have to think our entire approach is wrong. Let's start working on a replacement that in a couple of years will be a completely different approach to a digital assistant or something. Because yeah, what they're doing now is it's it's just behind. It's it's continually behind. It keeps getting better and better, but 
so does everyone else, and it's it's never going to get there. Yeah, and in this case, like I don't know how many people were using Siri to hail Uber and stuff like that, but it seems strange that Apple removed it. We talked a little bit about this on yesterday's episode, I think, that it just seems strange that they were there. It's some 20-odd uh, actions or, or interactions that seem to be fairly common and useful, particularly for the apps that, that had them available, and they're just unceremoniously going away. Yeah, there are weird things like not being able to create a new task list in a reminders app, like a, in a to-do app and stuff, or not not being able to append to one, Yeah, you know, not, a, not being able to add a new item to it. And it, it they're all, but it's, but there's still a lot of other functions for like to-do apps and stuff that are normal and regular. So it's not like they just killed, oh, these to-do apps are a problem or something. So I, I really don't understand why these things are missing. We have an article on, on Macworld that lists them all and it's a strange mis- mismatch of stuff. Yeah. All of the CarPlay interactions with like car dashboards, like change the, the, the temperature and change my seat and things, those are all gone. The whole yeah. Everything that affects the sort of physical, what your car is doing, as opposed to all the stuff that's actually in the infotainment system, like right. music, music and maps all, and all that, that other that, stuff. That's all cool. But if you use CarPlay to, you know, climate stuff, like I, I don't know how many cars we do in that. But if you if you go to that CarPlay page, the separate one, it, it, everything says deprecated, everything's gone. It's just they just removed the whole entire functionality. But to the credit, Siri is getting some very useful stuff that we yeah. wanted for a long time in iOS 15, it, it, top of the list of which is a lot of offline processing. Like you don't have to be connected to the internet to set a timer, <laughs> which was... It's been a hole for she since it came out in 2013, I think. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That you couldn't do that till right now, but yeah, much needed and and welcome. And because of that, it should be a lot faster too, because a lot of it is going to be way fast. If you have if you have the beta and you try it out, like it's amazing how Siri just even if even if you didn't think it was slow before, you have good internet and it seemed to respond quickly. It's just instantaneous yeah. on anything like that where you're not asking for internet information, um, and it it's good. They need to work a lot on the follow up stuff Mm -hmm. google does a really good job of if you ask it something and then you ask it a next thing just saying it or they or whatever it knows what you're referring to right and apple says they do that but it works really poorly and it's not it's supposed to be much better in ios 15 and it's it's not much better (laughs) it's a little better Yeah, Assistant does a really good job with that. Well, that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 754. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. And thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you for your comments on our articles. If you want to check out the threads, if you want to check out the comments that people have posted, we have links in our show notes. So go check that out. We also want to thank Declutter for sponsoring the podcast. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time. <laughs>